Asylum's mission with the Solving Water podcast is to shine a light on the myriad issues, trends, and solutions happening across the water industry. An often overlooked yet critical component to evolving the industry as a whole is communication. We've heard in the past several episodes from our guests that educating the public and transparency with ratepayers are not only essential to utilities and businesses establishing good relationships with their customers, but also have the added benefits of reducing environmental impact and finding cost savings and operational efficiencies overall. Today, our guest Travis Loop, Director of Communications and Public Outreach and Words on Water podcast host for the Water Environment Federation, shares his experience as an expert communicator for the water sector and how communications is essential to the future success of the industry. Hello, and welcome to Solving Water, a Xylem podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and today's conversation is going to be an especially fun one for me. I'm joined by fellow industry communicator and podcast host, Travis Loop with WEF who's been podcasting far longer than I have. And I'm really excited to get Travis's perspective on the role communications plays in the water sector, as well as hear some of your interesting stories from your time as a podcast host. So thank you, Travis, for being here and giving our listeners such great insight. I will try to do my best not to embarrass myself as a podcast host um, with my capabilities compared to yours. But um, I'm just really looking forward to learning about your career overall and um, how you became a leading industry communicator. Well, I, I am really uh, appreciative of the opportunity, Amanda. Uh, you know, we are all podcasters. We just having conversations and, and having fun. Um, I am predominantly on the other side of this. So it's, it's fun and, uh, for me to be the guest and be interviewed. I appreciate it a lot. And it's an exciting time for water communication. So there's a ton to talk about. Well, fantastic. I think that's a great uh, segue just to kind of kick things off. You have a great experience in water in general. And so wondering if you could give our audience some background. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people say, does, does, did water choose you or did you choose water when they talk about how you got into this career? There's a lot of people out there that'll recognize that, that phrase. And so I was thinking about my story and I was always a water person, like growing up as a swimmer and, and being around waterways and always enjoyed it a lot, big nature person, but I didn't set out to work in water. Um, I ended up getting a job as I was looking for a job at the Chesapeake Bay program in Annapolis, Maryland. And that's a a big partnership that works on restoring the Chesapeake Bay, federal agencies, states, and so forth. Um, And so that started me really working on a a water focus. Uh, And then from there, I went to work at U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in downtown D.C. in their water office as the communications director there. And then I've been at the Water Environment Federation as their director of communications for almost four years now. So I guess it's like 12, 13 years working in water. um, And I, I absolutely enjoy it. Well, that's great. I, I had here a question to be like, um, how did you know you wanted to become involved in the water industry? But now I'm wondering if you always wanted to be involved in the water industry and you decided you wanted to be in the communication side of that versus Mm. um, another avenue. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just, I was a communications person to begin with. Um, You know, I, I always wanted to work uh, at, 
as like a writer and, and when I was in high school and all that and did journalism. And uh, that's what I started out in was a newspaper reporter and editor for about eight years after college. Um, and so a lot of people that work in media end up coming over to the dark side of PR, right? <laughs> they, they flip over. So that's what happened with me. But also, as I was thinking about this interview, uh, I was thinking about how much I love the fact that I work in a field that means so much to me personally. You know, my professional and personal lives really intersect working in water. You know, I have two kids and so water is important to their health. I'm a surfer. Uh, I love craft beer. Um, I, you know, I, I, all this stuff, all these reasons that water matters to me and I care about it. And then I get to work on it every day. So it's a treat. That's, that's awesome. Um, so let's, let's talk about the Words on Water podcast. So Water Environment Federation, can you, can you tell us how it was formed? Like, were you part of that process? Um, yeah. 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 How were you involved? Uh, yeah, it was, um, gosh, I think it's been going on and I should know this off the top of my head. It's been, I think it's been running for almost three and a half years now, actually. And uh, podcasting was kind of just getting popular or really exploding several years ago. And, you know, just had the idea like, well, you know, we should have a podcast. There are so many interesting people, so many stories, so many issues and topics, you know, to explore. And it can be tough to capture all that in blogs and press releases. You know, you can't dive as deep and uh, explore issues. And, and so a podcast is a great way to do that. Uh, being a, a former reporter, um, I have always loved asking questions and listening to responses. And so a podcast seemed like a fun, impactful tool for WEF to have. And I think we've had, you know, maybe over 180 episodes at this point. And it's been really successful. Like 20% of our audience is international. The thing that surprises me is there's been listeners from 147 countries. And so I'm, you know, that's just wild to think about. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, there's no shortage of people and projects to talk about in water. Um, and so it's, it's always something new. Well, and with podcasting, especially, I don't know if you found this, but um, you get a chance to connect with people and understand their, their connection to water um, from a more personal level. So you get this really humanistic side and that passion and that mission comes out of pretty much everyone I interview and I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, right. That's the that's like the fun part is getting to talk to people and uh, they have so much energy and enthusiasm and have great stories and examples and so much knowledge. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a I'm a communications person, so I always feel like the engineers and the scientists and the operators and these people are just so bright and so smart and knowledgeable, and I'm just you know letting them talk and letting them share that with people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. Um, but I've also learned so much and it's so interesting. Um, and if I can just even like soak up like a fraction of what they say, I feel like I'm just a little better for it. So that's, that's good. Likewise, I like at the end of episodes, I'm always like thanking the person for educating me. You know, I feel like it was like a little private, private class that I got. <laughs> I know it's awesome. Um, okay. So you started Words on Water three years ago um, or so, and yeah. you're, you know, it, it probably started out one way is my guess. I mean, certainly mm. um, the Solving Water podcast has 
has transformed, I think, in a, in a good way over time. Um, still, still more to do, but always, uh, always chugging along there. Um, but how have you evolved your podcast over time? Mm, good question. Um, you know, it started out really kind of just going after some of the biggest names and, and biggest players in water, which is obviously really interesting for people to hear from and, and hear about. Uh, and then I think, I mean, it's been a winding journey. Uh, then it started really kind of going into some of the issues of the day, like trying to find guests based on what the, the topics and issues were. And then there's been times where it's like water news happened. Um, and so kind of, all right, what's the, what's the person to talk to about that news story? Um, and then honestly, we at WEF, we have 35,000 you know, members, people that work in water, and they have incredible stories and knowledge to share. So we've been doing a lot more kind of exploring conversations with our own members uh, and and talking about some of the the resources and work that that WEF does. So it's it's been a winding journey. Um, one of the fun things that I think I've done more of our kind of panel discussions, having a couple guests on, two or three guests, uh, and letting them just kind of even have a conversation together. Uh, so that's, that's uh, it's been, it hasn't been planned out necessarily how it's evolved. It's just kind of uh, been organic. Cool. Well, I appreciate you um, satisfying my selfish curiosity here just about <laughs> podcasting and um, um but now i kind of want to shift to maybe water and communications um, mm. more generally and specifically i'd love to hear your perspective on the value and the importance of communications in the water industry yeah this is like such a phrase we hear all the time right i I'd hear it so much and the things that people say after they talk about that are true. Like it's been a pretty hidden industry for so long. Uh, water utilities and others have been shy, um, just being happy to kind of keep their heads down, do their job, plow along. Um, and that created a host of problems, right? It created uh, maybe a, a decreased investment in water and a lack of awareness among the public as to what water services are. And so there's been a real resurgence um, of proactive communications, I think, in water. Uh, people realizing like we have to tell our story. We have so that we can advocate for the funding and the policies that we want. And so that our community uh, knows what we do every day on their behalf. So that's why uh, it's been so Im important um, people talk about, you know, half of, half of the work is doing whatever the work is and the other half is telling, is talking about it. And so we just, just have to keep emphasizing that. And one of the cool things is there's been a lot more of, uh, le the leaders in the water sector, the executives, the heads of utilities, the heads of companies that are communicators themselves, and they're active on Twitter and they're talking about how important it is for their entity to communicate and they're empowering them to communicate. So um, that's really cool stuff. Yeah, I think we can vouch for that at Xylem. Patrick Decker has <laughs> a, a pretty great Twitter following. Absolutely. Yeah, Patrick is great to follow on, on Twitter. So when I'm uh, just thinking about what you're talking about with communications, one thing I'm specifically interested in is sort of this like public awareness slash interest in water now as opposed to then. And I think some of that's just 
generally speaking, the industry's communicated more about there's more um, there's more impact of society on our water supplies and and quality and such. So um, can you just give me some thoughts on what you're you know, how you think the public and education and, and being sort of the voice of WEF um, and helping get those messages out to um, the communities uh, are impacting the industry. Mm, interesting. Um, a couple thoughts there. I do think that over the past, I don't know, five, 10 years, there's been a lot of things that have happened in the news that are water related that has kind of uh, caught the public's attention. I mean, the Flint drinking water crisis was was probably the biggest, uh, but then there's been a lot of other issues. There was like the chemical spill in Charleston, West Virginia, I remember. Um, and then you've got all these, these storms that are coming, right? The big hurricanes and extreme weather events and rising sea levels. And so you're starting to see these things happen. People are realizing that that water is a critical issue. Um, you've got, you know, the need to invest in infrastructure. So utilities having to raise rates. So there's definitely a heightened awareness. And I think that it also makes it a a valuable time for the sector to communicate. Like there's an appetite there to learn more. And we need to be rushing in there to fill that feel that appetite. Um, and you see a lot more uh, efforts to communicate on like a human, personal, casual level almost, and just not sound like a big bureaucratic agency or a, or a you know, stiff collared company, but to really kind of like show the human side and that we all live in these communities. We all share the same concerns. We all want the same thing. And um, and kind of bring people along that way. Uh, so that's that's some of what I think is going on right now. Yeah, I find it really exciting for you mentioned something about, you know, uh, relating to an engineer and not having mm. engineering background yourself. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I feel that too, very, uh, very much. So uh, that being said, um, every conversation I've had, every guest has been very gracious, um, not overly technical. And I've, I feel like I've really um, gotten the ability to gain a deeper understanding and help pass that along um, to our point. stakeholders externally. And I, I'm sure you feel the same way. That's a really great point. I feel like there's a lot of engineers, scientists, regulators, you know, operators out there um, that are realizing that they should and can talk about what they do and that it really brings a lot to the table when you hear it from from these people and there and there's a lot of them that are becoming pretty pretty good communicators and those are the people we want out in front right not us really we, we want those experts out there and be able to talk about what's going on yeah i agree i agree so you've had you've been in the water industry for quite a while and so um can you share a couple topics that you've really enjoyed covering over the years yeah, I think the thing that has made my time in water so enjoyable is actually the diversity of the work. Um, you know, I know when I was at EPA, there is just so many things uh, that EPA is involved with and so many different policies that would pop up or so many issues in different places around the country. Uh, same thing at WEF. Uh, when I came to WEF, I thought I knew the organization and I have learned 
and still learn how much they are involved in. And so I think it's the diversity in water, whether it's, you know, wastewater or stormwater or water reuse or just so much variety is what, what I really like. Um, I stop and think about the, the miracle of water treatment sometimes, and you look at what goes into these facilities and then what comes out the other side. Um, and I find that really inspiring and incredible. Um, one, one topic and, and connected to that, I really, um, I really love the whole water reuse area. Um, as we look at making our communities more sustainable, uh, especially those that are suffering from, you know, water scarcity, it just seems like water reuse is the future. And uh, it's, it's really cool and exciting. And uh, I talk a lot about how clean we can make water. And so one of my favorite spinoffs of that is the, uh, is Pure Water Brew. And this is, this originated in Oregon with Clean Water Services. Shout out to my friend, Mark Jockers there. Um, and, you know, it's the idea, like, if we want people to learn about water reuse and accept it, or at least have a conversation, beer is a great way to do that. And so, you know, they, they started out by taking, you know, purified effluent, if you will, and the Oregon brewers made beer out of it. Uh, and then this has happened in California and Colorado and Arizona and Louisville and all around the country. And it's just, a, it's amazing that people will go ahead and drink a beer that's made from sewage before they'll drink a glass of water that comes out of one of those plants. They're like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, I'll have the beer. But um, that's one of my favorite things <laughs> is, is a, it's a great communications tool and great public awareness piece. Well, and it's a lot of fun. We actually talk about craft beer here probably more than we should, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I actually got to interview um, Christine O'Grady with the Aqua program at the University of Calgary last year. And um, she worked with a local brewery to do the same thing, basically make um, beer out of reuse water. And um, they like same situation, beer flies off the shelves. Mm. Um, the process is just so interesting. And I think it's, it's more relatable. I also think, you know, the fact that water is clear, it just like weirds people out. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know what I mean? Like, uh, Right, right. The beer kind of disguises anything that might be in there that's shouldn't be, even though <laughs> we know, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's that's one of like my areas of work that I take into personal conversation sometimes is like, hey, let me tell you about this pure water brew and this beer that, you know, we can clean water. It's cleaner than the water coming out of your tap. And uh, and then we make beer out of it. Um, so lots of fun. Um, and I've, you know, been lucky to sample a lot of it along the way. And I actually have some, some pure water brew or reuse beer from a uh, utility in Lisbon, Portugal, in my refrigerator downstairs right now that they sent me. Uh, so you've maybe motivated me to have one of those this evening. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Any favorite uh, brews specifically? Of the pure water brew? I, I mean, just uh, yeah. are you like well, an IPA I, fan I gotta, or... I, I, I like the IPAs a lot and I like the dark stouts and porters and, you know, in the, in the winter time of year, for sure. I, I'm one of the people that like sour beers. Um, I don't like the lagers as much or, you know, I like, I like a little more flavor, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's been amazing the quality of the pure water brews that have been, been made out there. 
Um, I have to, there's a, a brewery, Holesopple Brewing in Louisville, Kentucky, and they made a rye IPA uh, for their contest and it was, it was good stuff. Um, so just a shout out to them too. Yeah, this is, this is interesting. My head's, you know, percolating with, you know, <laughs> beer podcast ideas, which I, you know, I've been, <laughs> visited the topic a few times with other guests. So um, this could yeah. be really interesting with some future partnerships, taste testing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's at once let's get out of the Zoom world and back to the back <laughs> to the in-person world and and celebrate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> okay, so back on track. Uh, we talked. You gave you gave us an idea of some of um, your favorite topics to cover. Um, but alternatively, what do you think are some of the most critical topics or actions that water leaders like Xylem should be focused on right now? Hmm. Um. So I think that uh, the infrastructure investment piece is just, it's been there, it's not going away, it's getting bigger, right? I mean, everybody hears that. That's not a surprise for me to mention that at all, but it has to be said. It really has to be said first and foremost, because uh, you know it's well-documented, uh, the aging infrastructure issue, the problems we're having in communities, you overlay climate change and continued population growth and all these other issues on top of it. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it just can't be ignored. It has to be the first thing. So we all have to keep beating that drum. And it looks like 2021 is a year when there's going to be some work on an infrastructure package at the U.S. federal level. Uh, so we really need to get out there and, and push right now for that. Um, it's also a really obviously exciting time for science and technology. And I think that we need to, to tell the story of the incredible science and tech that we have and that we're advancing every day. Uh, you know, companies like yours are, are at the center of that, um, especially, you know, another shout out to one of my favorite uh, people, Al Cho, you know, you've got, you've got great people there. And so, Let's, let's talk about the science and the tech and how we can clean water and how we can be more efficient and recover nutrients and conserve and generate energy, those, those stories. Um, and then back to what we talked about before, uh, we gotta just keep building that connection with people and communities and you know, uh, relating on that, that personal level and, and showing that we're all kind of in this uh, water journey together. It's a, it's a great range of topics to be focused on. And I, and I do think that Xylem is stepping up to the challenge, um, in, in those areas for sure. Um, what about a challenge you faced in your time as a water communicator? I, I'm guessing there would have been maybe some sticky situations. Um, you know, how did you overcome that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I overcame these things here, but I'll mention three quick examples. <laughs> um, the Flint drinking water crisis, I was at EPA when that all unfolded, uh, and that was incredibly challenging. Uh, that, that wasn't on just me by any respect. There were many, many, many people involved for months and months and months in responding to that. Um, but I think uh, it was heartbreaking because you have kids uh, that were impacted by lead in their water and would carry those impacts for really the rest of their lives. And how do you, 
do the communications around a situation like that. Um, so that, that was really tough, but that was a huge team effort, uh, with, with people at EPA. Uh, and it also, you know, generated a lot of interest in media outlets across the country. Well, what's happening in my system? What's the situation with lead in my system? So a lot of work to, to answer those questions. Again, I don't think that was one where uh, I or anyone necessarily over, overcame the situation, but that was a big challenge. Um, the other, the other one, and some people might be familiar with this, some might not, was the waters of the United States. Uh, the jurisdiction of that under the Clean Water Act was something that we was worked on when I was at EPA. Um, and it's just a huge communications battle when you're working on something very wonky and abstract. Uh, and so we really tried to relate it to the streams and the rivers and the lakes that people care about, how they need them for drinking water and fishing and recreation and business, and to get stakeholders out in the community, those third party validators, you know, fishermen or farmers or brewers to, to talk about why we needed to better protect sources of water. Um, and so I think that's a thing that is a good practice, no matter where you are in communications is getting others to help tell your story. Um, the last thing at, at WEF um, and gets to the to resource recovery is biosolids. Um, you know, these are a vital, important part of the water treatment process and, and of having sustainable communities. And uh, I think that it can be a challenge to communicate about them. And especially in this time when a lot of people are worried about pharmaceuticals or PFAS or uh, all of that. And so we did just recently put out a biosolids communications toolkit. It's a really great kind of A to Z package on how to communicate with the public around biosolids and includes a lot of messaging and fact sheets and social media graphics. Uh, and we've done some training with that and hope that it is used across the country to, to engage people more about uh, the, the value that biosolids uh, provide. I'm guessing there's a lot of um, new technologies coming out around that as well and constantly being developed. Yeah, I'd have to ask an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one, I mean, I said I wouldn't talk any more about podcasts, but um, oh, it didn't have to be a podcast. It could be just a, an interview you did for a, a, a piece you've written, but um I'm just really curious as to one of the more interesting or fun interviews you've ever conducted. And you don't have to name names, but just like if the, yeah. the topic itself or maybe how the conversation went. Right, right. I, I put down a, I put down a couple examples for this one. Um, and so there's the U.S. Stockholm Junior Water Prize. And this is like the premier kind of science, water science contest for high schoolers in the U.S. and really around the world. And for a couple of years now, I've sat down after the U.S. winner is chosen and interviewed that high schooler. And I have just been blown away by their intelligence. I'm like, I'm sitting there, they are 
25 years younger than me, um, you know, don't have any of this work experience, whatever. And they're just like making me feel dumb. <laughs> and that's a, that's a testament to how smart they are. And, you know, when I was thinking about this question of, of interviews that stand out, that was really one of the first things that comes to my mind um, is like, there's a lot of bright young people coming up interested in water and that, that Stockholm Junior Water Prize, the US contest and the global one, which Xylem is a big supporter of, um, is like, uh, it gives you hope uh, for, for where things are going. Uh, and another interview that jumped out to me is I was talking to Dr. Bruce Rittman. He's a professor at Arizona State University. And he's like one of the world's leaders in microbial communities and like the real science of what goes on in wastewater written like the textbooks on this stuff. And I was like, what do, what do we have to do in water? You know, we had this big log interview, technical and, and all that. And at the end, I'm like, what do we have to do, you know, to, to move forward in water? And he said, communications, you know? And so I was like, man, I did not expect that from like a leading scientist out there. Um, and the last one that I think maybe I was just a water geek about was I uh, talked to John Schladweiler all about the history of sewers. And so he, he started from like Greek and Roman times and, and even before that and explained all about the evolution of sewers and especially what's happened like the last 150 years. Um, and the fact that I have identified that as one of my most interesting speaks to uh, being a real water geek. Yeah, well, I'm a convert as well. I'm also a water <laughs> geek. And one of the first episodes I recorded was with um, a gentleman who works in our flight business, Jim Fisher. And um, we're talking about water. So the, the interview was happening at WefTech, actually. Mm. And um, that's a great event, by the way. It is. Everybody, everybody should come to WefTech. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, especially coming up here, right? We're, we're hopefully, yeah, we're, we're hopefully pushing there for, in Chicago. Absolutely. Right, right. <laughs> um, but so this was in Chicago the last time the event was in Chicago. And um, I was just asking Jim about, you know, what he his takeaways were in water and some of the more interesting things he's he's learned. And one thing that really stuck with him that now has stuck with me is that, um, that these premier medical geniuses in the industry were asked, like, what is the greatest advancement in today's medical world? And, um, they answered, uh, modern day water treatment and wastewater treatment. And I feel like I don't, it just really sets the tone for me as to you know, what it is that we're all, um, pulling together to do here. So oh, that's fair. That's very cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, it was cool. So what's next for you? What's next for you in communications and water? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think that, uh, it's been a tough 12 months for everybody, right. With, with coronavirus and, um, I think like a lot of organizations and, and people, it's kind of like, okay, recalibrating and prioritizing, um, you know, focusing on, on what's, what we should be doing moving forward. Uh, and, you know, so we, we at WEF are really kind of focused on communicating about our priorities and, and really, again, hyper-focusing on those. So the infrastructure piece uh, is going to be a focus of communications 
workforce. Um, we have got to keep communicating about building a sustainable workforce for water, one that's also diverse and reflects our communities. Um, resource recovery, which I've mentioned, and, and the innovation that goes with it, and the technology, those are priorities to communicate. And the other one that, um, that we're working on is talking about, at least for our organization, our global role. Um, you know, our members are all around the world. Our, we have member associations and partner organizations around the world. Uh, WEF recently became a partner of UN Water. And, you know, we also feel it's very important to talk about and work toward sustainable development goal number six, um, safe water and sanitation. So we're trying to communicate about all those things. Um, I mentioned putting people first. And so as a communicator, I'm trying to think more about, uh, like we've hit on here, putting our members, putting others out there to tell the stories um, kind of for us. And the last thing that, that I think about and need to find time, more time to think about is like, what are the next communications tools? You know, we, the podcasting has been great. Social media is great. Um, but like, what's the next thing that's going to come along? Um, trying to watch for that um, to, to emerge, you know, social media has kind of been like incrementally changing, if you will, TikTok's out there, but like, what's going to break the mold next? Um, yeah, the one, the one area I've thought about a little bit is like, you know, virtual reality, being able to put on, you know, a, a headset and take tours of water projects and see some of these things, you know, is that, is that an opportunity? More and more people and kids are getting, you know, VR headsets at home. I, I have no idea, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just trying <laughs> to kind of look out there and, and see what's coming. Yeah. I was going to ask if you had any thoughts on that, but yeah, it sounds yeah. like the VR thing is, I mean, it's definitely expanding technology. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Just what's going to, what's going to take, right. What's going to take and, and be the leap. I think like podcasting even got, had some momentum, maybe like in the early two thousands or mid 2000, you know, right in there at some point. And then it, I, then I remember it like kind of went away and then it like surged back up. So maybe there's something out there now like that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm keeping going with the pods. I think they're great. <laughs> I think um, they're highly customizable all sorts of, of good stuff about podcasts, um, as you well, well know. A, yeah. Well, I think the thing that's irreplaceable about them is human conversation. You know, like we've been sitting around for thousands of years talking uh, and sharing information through conversation. And so I think that that's why they're popular and why they'd be tough to, uh, tough to get rid of. Yeah. Well, and they're great multitaskers. You know, you don't have to be watching a video. You can be doing other things um, and getting information. So um, yeah. I think that's a benefit of it as well. So yeah. I, I just have one more question for you, Travis. Um, and you, I mean, you've, you've covered a lot of things like that you're passionate about in this pod. So this will be maybe a tough one to distill, but okay. um, what is the most important thing you've learned in this business so far? Oh, wow. That is a really good question. Um, I feel like the biggest thing I've learned is that there's always a way there's always a solution. There's never 
you know, we should always be optimistic, um, you know, about the water problem that's in front of us uh, because there's so many brilliant people, technology is amazing. And that uh, kind of as the collective water workforce of the world, we can find our way to, to meet whatever challenge. I love that. I think that's been coming through more and more of my interviews, this um, idea of optimism in the industry. We talk about global water crisis and solving water at Xylem. And um, yes, it's a very real and um, serious crisis that we have to deal with, but there, there should be this level of optimism and there are these great people doing these great things and organizations. So um, I love to hear that statement. Yeah. When you put me on the spot there and I had to think that was, that was what came up, you know, and I, <laughs> I, 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 f- I feel that, that, you know, that's great. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I think definitely feel hopeful coming into um, this coming year, especially with all we've learned last year, even with the pandemic. So, mm. well, it's been an awesome treat for me to speak huh. with you. And I'm so glad Xylem is a partner to WEF. Yeah, we're we're really grateful to have a close relationship with Xylem for sure. And, you know, just take the opportunity to say you guys have been partners on on uh, establishing a chief medical officer with WEF, Dr. Andrew Sanderson, at a time when we really need to pay attention to the to the health and safety of our water workers. Uh, so, yeah, the, the partnership with Xylem is really, really appreciated. And this was tons of fun to talk to you. Yeah, we should do this again and check yeah. in, you know, every so often with kinds of guests we have and topics that are hot. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds it sounds good. All right. Well, I appreciate you giving our listeners all this great insight, especially into our part of the world of water in terms of communications. If you'd like to check out the Words on Water podcast and get more information about WEF in general, visit the links in today's show notes. As always, drop me a note at amanda.holloway at xylem.com with show topic ideas or to be a guest. Thanks again, Travis. The Solving Water Podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe 